0: There I am. Happy New Year. How are you guys? Yeah, so does anyone in here make New Year's resolutions? No one? (laughs) Well, okay, so I'm going to give you some that you might want to make. Okay, I have one person. Okay, so these are some humorous ones that I thought you might enjoy. Okay, number one, live my best life and only buy pants with no buttons or zippers. (laughs) Um, Write my own tweets this year. Stock up on fresh fruits and vegetables and eat them before they turn into green mystery goop in the back of the fridge. Finished at least one of the bottles of vitamins and supplements that I bought on my shopping spree. Okay, go viral on TikTok, any of our young ones. And then after that, make a viral reel making fun of TikTok. Pick movies on Netflix swiftly and decisively so that I actually hit play before falling asleep. I think, I think we're going to put that one on our list. <laughs> okay, manage to go the entire year without accidentally telling someone random on the phone love you as the call ends. Have you ever done that? I've done that. I have done that. Mm-hmm. Never take home goods trips for granted ever again. Do so much yoga that it actually justifies wearing yoga pants 24-7. Uh, carefully read all the directions on a box of food before throwing it away. So that I don't have to go garbage diving midway through making Hamburger Helper. Have you ever done that? I've done that. Mm -hmm. Come to terms with the fact that John Mayer is in his 40s. Eat more tacos. (laughs) Um, Wield every spare wrapping paper tube I come across as a makeshift lightsaber. And be okay with having to make more than one trip from the car to bring in groceries. The human arm can only handle so much. That's probably going to be mine. So on a serious note, no matter what you resolve to do this year, I read this on Facebook and just had to share. Remember, your job is the dream of the unemployed. Your house is the dream of the homeless. Your smile is the dream of the depressed. And your health is the dream of the sick. We should always, always be thankful. That goes with what Pastor Chris was talking about earlier. It's so important. Well, I am humbled to get to bring you the New Year's message. I make it a point of always remembering what an honor it is to stand before God's people and teach. Um, I know that God could choose anyone for my life, for my calling, for my responsibilities and my people, but he chose me and I will forever be grateful for that, ever be thankful. Um, God has blessed me with many, many opportunities. One of those is is that last October, I got to officiate my first wedding. My cousin called and asked if I would, and then she asked if she could have the wedding at our house. And of course, we said yes. So over the, the week in October, we hosted about 40 people at our house, and it was such an honor to get to serve my family in that way. And I think I have a picture of the three of us up here. So that was the, the happy couple. So that's a great story, but it's just the middle of the story. See, the back story is that her mother is like a sister to me. Her father, my uncle, married Chris and myself almost 25 years ago. And the cousin that I officiated for was my flower girl. So I think I have another picture there for you. So that's her as my flower girl. And so that makes the story even even more special, doesn't it? She, when it was time for her to go down the aisle, she threw her basket and took off running. It was super cute. So there is appreciation, depth, and perspective in knowing the whole of a story. Yeah, last week on Testimony Sunday, we got to hear some backstories. There is great power in that. And we can also miss the point of a story if we don't hear the whole story. For instance, if I were to tell you the story of Cinderella, but I started at the point where the stepsisters ripped her dress and left her in the garden while they went to the ball, you'd be a little confused, right? Right? you'd be especially confused when the mice came to comfort her, right? Yes. So we've been focused the last few weeks on Christmas. But starting with only Christmas is like telling the middle of the story, right? So today, I'm hoping to grab some more details for us. And I'm hoping to equip you with some moxie for the new year. Do you like that word? I think that's going to be my word for the new year. So, Moxie is energy, courage, or determination. Who in here would say, I could use some of that? hmm Yeah, this past couple of years has been messy, has been confusing, has been uh, maybe a little disappointing for some. It's been maybe a little painful. Those are just a few adjectives of mine. I am sure each of you could add one of your own. So, today... I am not going to give you a pep talk to get you encouraged for what this new year is going to bring. Okay? I'm not going to promise that 2022 is going to be any different. What I'm going to do is I'm going to speak to you, to your heart, to your destiny, and I am going to call out some moxie in you. Okay? Let's pray. Lord God, hmm, I just pray that you infuse all of my words. And I pray that you would lead me to say just what you want to be said. And I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive it, Father God. That you would call us up today, Father God. I pray that we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit today. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the end of the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament was with Zechariah and I am going to read to you what he prophesied and so we're going to turn to Luke 1 and I'm going to start with 67 it says his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied this is what he said praise be the Lord the God of Israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of of long ago. So that horn, it speaks of a strong king, of Jesus' power to protect us. And when I say horn, I want you to get a picture of a bull in your mind. Now, not like a clumsy bull, you know, bumbling through a china shop. I want you to get a bull that is dangerous and beautiful in your mind, one that has his eye fixed on a target, that is determined, that has purpose. And that's what I want you to think of whenever we hear that in this message today, okay? And so I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to pick that back up, and I'm going to read all the way to 79, so bear with me. I'm going to finish the whole prophecy. Praise be the Lord, the God of Israel. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, I just love how in this passage we start with Zechariah comparing Jesus or calling Jesus the horn of salvation. But then toward the end, it calls him the rising sun. I just love how it has compared those two. See, as human beings, we are at the same time stronger than we realize and also more frail. Is it not true? It is a delicate balance that requires constant faith. Constant faith. I think there is a powerful message for us in these two metaphors. We were created in the image of our father, the powerful king, that horn of salvation. But our frailty is also in need of many restarts, many second chances, many reminders, many pep talks, and many promises to keep us going. So he called himself our rising son. I just love that. I love that. In Lamentations, it says that his mercies are new. Every morning, every morning. Yes, his mercies are new every morning, but when he calls himself the rising sun, think about that. It means we don't have to wait until tomorrow. He is rising over us even now. He's the light that clears the fog. He calls us up to our potential, but then he shines his mercy on our weaknesses. And I don't know if that encourages you the way that it does me, but it stirs me. Because I need a God who sees his greatness in me, but also sees my insufficiencies with kind mercy. I need that every day. Sometimes I need that moment by moment, and I am so comforted to know that we have a God that does both. It's a beautiful thing. So my, my um, title today is The Charging Bull and the Rising Sun. And I want to go back to the start before our Christmas story. The story started with a priest long before Mary and Joseph entered the scene. We're going to look at one of my favorite scriptures. If you want to turn there, you can. It's John 1-1. I love the sound of pages in a Bible turning. Apps are great, but there's nothing like that sound to me. Okay, so John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, the Word was God. And then we're going to skip to verse 14. It says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. What's it talking about? Who's it talking about? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Um, I had a Bible college professor um, explain it this way, that when it said, made his dwelling among us, he pitched his tent among us. Right in the middle of us. I want us to skip ahead to Hebrews 4, and I'm going to read to you 14 through 16, and it says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, the beautiful thing about the story is it started with a God that established his son, Jesus, as high priest forever. See, the story started with the horn who was about to charge into our lives like the rising sun over us, with a new start every day, every moment. Then God established a priesthood in Israel with Aaron to give us a tangible picture of what he was about to do in us and through us. See, now the priest was appointed as a mediator between man and God. He was set apart for three main functions, and we're going to revisit these functions in just a minute. But the first was to minister to God's presence. The second was to maintain the sanctity and purity of the sanctuary. And the third was to guard and teach the law. I'm going to read to you Exodus 19.6. I'm going to be all over the word today. And it says this. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And he said this to Israel. Why? One, they'd be a holy nation. Two, given direct access through the tabernacle. Now, in the, t- in the temple, there was an altar where sacrifices were made. At the corners of the altar were horns. Don't you love that symbolism? They were used to consecrate the priests. They were dabbed with blood to purify them and make atonement for sins. They were also a holy place used as a refuge. There's a story in the Old Testament of a son of David who ran to the horns of the altar for safety. It spoke of the power of God's salvation, the horn of salvation, Isn't that such beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do for us? Let me tell you something. God is good. He is so good. What in you today needs to run to the horns of the altar? What in you today, what in your life needs God's refuge? Are you tired? Are you disappointed? God bless you. Hmm. Have you lost hope? Did you maybe lose a friend this year? Lose a job this year? Maybe you lost a loved one? Maybe Christmas wasn't what you expected? Maybe last year was not what you expected? And there might even be some in here who would say life has not been what you expected. I just want you to know that wherever you are in your story today, it's not over. The story is not over. And I believe that God wants someone to hear that today. The story's not over. I'm going to ask how many people in here get sucked into Facebook ads? (laughs) Please don't make me raise my hand by myself. Um, So, yes, and I'm not even on social media that often, but um, but this christmas i kept seeing the most beautiful wreath come up every time i was on social media and i have to admit that i have been pretty gullible in my purchases in the past that i just want to believe that when there's a money back guarantee it's because they really do believe in their product and i want to believe that what people say is actually true but i have learned like most people have that's not always the case so I kept seeing this wreath. It was absolutely gorgeous, and it was the price was unrealistic. And I know that because I know what a wreath like that should have cost. And so every time it kept popping up, I just I, my social media knows me. It knows what I would like to own. And so every time it popped up, I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. And so finally, it popped up on Amazon. I mean, listen, if there was a gold star status for people on Amazon, I think I would be at the top of the list because I order so much from Amazon and their return policy is amazing. So when I saw it come up on Amazon, I thought, well, oh, there's no risk, right? So I, I ordered three. Okay, guys, they, I, I was not prepared for how pathetic this reef was going to be. I mean, the one in the picture was about half the size of the woman holding it. The one that came in the mail, not only was it like super cheap looking, but it was about nine inches in diameter. And the one in the picture had these great, big, beautiful metal um, bells hanging from it. (laughs) The the ones that came in, they were plastic and they were about the size of a pin cap. I mean, it was just absolutely pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Well, that's a funny story, but I tell you that to tell you Jesus will never do that to you. There will never be a bait and switch with him. And unlike anything you have ever known, he will be more than you expected. He is the only one that can do that in your life. He will always be more than you expected. Now, I want us to turn to 1 Peter 2.9, another one of my favorite scriptures. And so we've kind of, we've picked up like some backstory, and now I'm going to Kind of pick up on and, and move forward with a little bit of the continuation of this story. And it says this, but you. That's you. Say, say me. Okay. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? did you did you get the reference to what i read earlier in exodus 19 isn't that beautiful we are called priests it's important that we know these details of the story because our story is built on the shoulders of priests jesus the high priest who established his priesthood in his chosen people and grafted us in as priests we have been given the honor of priesthood This is the continuation of the story, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful that he would choose to make us part of his story, that our lineage in that goes all the way back. Is that not beautiful? Does that not blow your mind? It does me. It does me. God's New Testament kingdom of priests functioned much like the nation of Israel did in the Old Testament. Our ministry in this gospel, gospel can be destru- uh, described as an offering of our very life and priestly service to the church. And so we have a calling. And newsflash, it is not to arrive safely at death. It's not what it is. That is not what it is. We are set apart. We are appointed to carry out the plans of the high priest. Now, the priest, Zechariah, was the first to hear from heaven in the New Testament. Another Zechariah, also a priest, was one of the last to hear from heaven in the Old Testament. You know what Zechariah means? God remembers. Do you think that was a coincidence? No. There are no coincidences in Jesus. And I believe it's because God wants someone in here to know he remembers. And I think some of you have been waiting for a really long time. Some of you have been waiting for a long time on a spouse, maybe on a child. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're too old now, it's too late now. Maybe you feel like it's too late for your marriage, it's too late for your children. Zechariah is a reminder that it's never too late. It is never too late That's the mercy of the rising sun. A reminder that our story is not over. We have a backstory, but we also have a new day. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. How many people in here would say you are a morning person? I'm actually going to put my hand down because I cannot be counted among you. Okay, I am not that. Uh, So um, many, many years ago when my oldest daughter was probably like three or four, I was cooking in the kitchen. And she came in, and she said, Mom, you know how you're really excited to see me when you come home from a vacation? I said, yeah, baby. She said, can you wake up like that in the morning? (laughs) So we didn't really hashtag back then, but if we did, it would have been like hashtag wake-up call. (laughs) So I just want you to know, like, God is such a perfect father. And his attitude always reflects his heart. And he is that happy to see you every morning. He is that excited about your story. A couple months ago, um, before I ever thought about this message, which might have even been the beginnings of this message, I was spending some time alone with the Lord. It was in the morning. I am not a morning person, but once I do finally get up, it is my favorite time to just be with the Lord by myself. Um, luckily, the rest of my family, they're not morning people either, so <laughs> I can normally beat them up. But I was just spending some time with the Lord, and it was just a beautiful day, and I was just just going over so many things that I was thankful for and just the sentence you are my sunrise your presence is my sunrise just kind of rose out of me and just was an encouragement to me and I want to give that encouragement to you today he is your sunrise that never sets and we get to bask in that as priests we get to minister to God and just bask in that isn't that beautiful and we've got to leverage that legacy we have a distinguished dynasty if you will behind us from priest to priest to priest we've been past the baton it's our turn now we've been called for such a time as this this is our moment like we could have been born at any time in history but he chose now he chose now in the middle of all of the craziness of the world it was not an accident We are called to those same three mandates of the priests. And so I'm going to give those to you today. And just some nuggets on what that looks like. So you might want to write these three down. Number one, we are called to minister to God. So what does that mean practically? We have access to the Father at any time. We need to use it. We have a mandate, not just an option but a mandate to hear God and act on the word. Everything we do should bring him glory, whether we're washing the dishes, whether we're changing diapers, whether we are working in our office, it should all bring glory to him. We need to view it as such. We need to step into the power of such a calling and rise up and charge forward with it. The second one, we are called to protect the purity of our temple. Jude 1.20 tells us to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. What does that mean? It means to read our Bible. It means to pray. It means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to live in accountability. I'm going to read to you another scripture 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? We are now that temple. We have to protect what God has placed inside of us. We have to make it a priority. We have to be deliberate about it. And then number three, we are called to guard and teach the word. It should be a priority, not just something that we think about every once in a while. Not just something we do when we come to church. We are to be very deliberate about it. It's not just for pastors. This is the call of every believer. What are you doing with the word? It's time that we grow up. Wherever we are in the process this year, we should grow up more. Wherever we are in the process this year, we should advance more. We should change This time next year, we should not look the same that we do now. Our walk should not look the same. We should be more mature in the Lord. What are you doing to make that happen? We are image bearers of God, called to represent God in everything we do. We need to bring his light into the world. We need to expand him in our homes, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. We need to declare him. It is our inheritance to do so. It is our calling to do so. What in your life calls for a charging bull this year? And I want you to really think about that. What in your life calls for that? What needs you to show some tenacity? What needs you to show some moxie? What needs some discipline? I know we don't tend to like that word, but it's very important. What needs a goal? There is no excuse to be bound. There is no excuse to not charge ahead. What needs to be built out? There is power, and now listen to this. There is power in the compounded effect of daily diligence. I'm going to say that again. There is power in the compounded effect of daily diligence. Day after day, God takes what looks small and he multiplies it. It's how strong marriages are built. It's how godly children are raised. How wealth is stored up. How obstacles are overcome. How books are written. How goals are met. Start small and don't despise it. Zechariah, I think it's interesting that it was Zachariah again, tells us in chapter 4, verse 10, do not despise those small beginnings. What do you need to start doing this year? What routines do you need to build out? Do you need to start reading your Bible? Do it. Do you need to start reading the Bible with your children? Do it today. Do you need to join a community group? Do you need to start a budget? Do it. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that we are not promised tomorrow. Do not put off tomorrow what God has called you to do today. It is a mandate. It is why we are here. Let me just newsflash again. You are not here to retire. I know that's what many people think. It's not the case. The small daily habits you invest in will become a large part of your life. Leverage them. Give God something to multiply. Give him something to multiply. I had a... a, teenager many years ago, Chris and I were youth pastors for many years, and when we were in New Mexico, on Wednesday nights after youth, we would stay for hours, just letting kids talk, and as long as they wanted to, and we had this cafe, I always manned the cafe, where I sold the candy, ate the candy, sold the drinks, all that stuff, and I had this one girl that she would sit there most every Wednesday and talk to me, and one Wednesday we were talking, and I just saw this overwhelmed kind of look on her, and she was just She said, I will never have a grasp on the word like you. And I remembered, and I was able to tell her the story, I remembered being a teenager and looking at the word and how big it is and how many words there are and people that I admired who seemed to have a grasp on it and thinking the exact same thing. But day after day, week after week, as you get in it, it multiplies in you. And then God takes it and he does amazing things with it. it. It was such such a beautiful moment where I was able to share that with her and God was able to bless me in it give him something to multiply what needs to be built on recognize what has been passed down no matter how little or how great God has put something in your hand and you didn't obtain it by yourself it was passed down we've all been passed a torch what do you need to build on this year Who do you need to include in the building? Whose help do you need? And then who do you need to build into? What in your life needs a rising sun this year? What in you needs refreshing? Get your refreshing. What in you needs reminding? I'm going to remind you today, he is a rising sun. Who in your life needs mercy? Receive it and give it this year. When you feel like it and when you don't. Now, as I wrap up today, a message for you is short. Most of them are, aren't they? Um, I want to ask, what judgment have you already made about this year? Have you already made a judgment? Are you a judgmental person? I don't feel like I'm a very judgmental person, um, except maybe when I'm driving, Maybe when the brand-new Escalade pulls out in front of me when they clearly didn't have the (laughs) right-of-way. Or the car that's being held together by bumper stickers that's being careless and distracted. I might come to some conclusions about their life, but (laughs) let's put all judgments aside today. This morning, I am going to encourage you. Let's not expect 2022 to be any different Because that's not where hope is. Let's not expect it to be bad. Let's not expect it to be better. Let's be better. Mm -hmm. I want to challenge you to charge ahead into this new year, into what God has for you. I want to encourage you to let The mercy of the rising sun rise on you every day, daily, every hour to refresh you. It's time that we stop putting our hope in a new year, our hope in the government, our hope in in the school system changing or the stock market changing. That's not where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus and he is alive and well inside of us. The horn of salvation and the rising sun and it's time that we remember it. Go after what God has entrusted to you. Don't wait for it to come. I'm going to admonish you to offer mercy like your Savior, the rising sun. Uh, Let me tell you something. The devil, he won't help you have a better year. Think about that. Why? He will not do that. But you don't need his help because you have the God of of all creation behind you. He has empowered you with everything that you need. And it is a new day. 1 John 4, 4 says, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You don't ever have to be afraid. Our friend Andy in his book, he, he writes, don't ever let anyone make you afraid of the future. You have a hope. God has a plan for you. He destined that you were here today. It was not by accident. It was no coincidence. It was planned. Don't be afraid of what the future has for us. You are here to charge, be bold, be tenacious, be diligent. Jesus is dangerous to the enemy. Are you? It's time that we start being dangerous to the enemy. It's time that we take all of the things that he meant to harm us, we let God turn them around for good, and that he would regret the day that he ever sent it at us. It's time that we be dangerous to the enemy. Are you going to approach this new year like a chihuahua, barking at everything that rears its head? Or are you going to charge ahead like your Savior, the Horn of Salvation? Charge in and take back your joy. Take back your peace. Take back your hope. Take back your children. Take back your marriage. You're also here to rise. Be merciful. Be compassionate. Get back up. Try again. Hope again. We're going to go back into a worship song here in a minute. But I want you to know that God placed you in his story for such a time as this. The backstory of Christmas is a lineage of priests, and we are the continuation. You are the continuation. Does that empower you? It should. Our high priest, Jesus, offers us the horn of salvation and the mercy of the rising sun, you can do this. Whatever it is that you're facing this week, you can do this. You have been equipped. You have been called, and you can do this. I want you to stand with me. And I told you that that first calling of a priest is to minister to God. And I want us just to do that. I want us to start this new year by ministering to God, by stepping into our calling. And as you do today, I want you to just let Him infuse you, empower you. Hear Him say, take courage. Hear Him say, be brave. Hear Him say, I love you no matter what. Hear him say, the story is not over yet. Hear your Savior say, you've got this. Hear him say, I love you. And I have carved out a place for you in my story. And I am proud to call you mine.